You're listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel in Oakville, Ontario. For more information, please visit our website at harvestoakville.ca. Let's open our Bibles to Psalm 1, then Psalm 1. If you're visiting with us, there's a Bible in front of you. You can use that and follow along. You can find the book of Psalms about the center of the Bible, approximately, and it'll be Psalm 1. For the month of September, we're going to be in a series which is called Start Here Psalms. A couple reasons for this. Um, One, we normally do a psalm in August. We haven't done that for two years now, and I love kind of that series in August, so we're going to return now in September to do that. The second reason is there's 150 psalms, which means by God's design, the Holy Spirit who wrote the book, the Bible, that's a lot that deserves our attention, our affection, deserves our focus, and so we're going to go through a few of them in this month, which is so exciting. And then these psalms specifically have been chosen um, to start us in the right place and to point us in um, the right direction. Why? Because we need that so much. Let me explain a little bit more about this series. So start here psalms, I like that phrase, they are foundational psalms because they are psalms that provide for us um, the footing where the rest of the building um, is built upon, okay? So they're the foundation which the structure is set. Often we long for the building and the structure, we forget about the foundation. So God's taking us back to Psalms that specifically deal with critical foundational truths and concepts that we need to hear right now. You can put it this way, Uh, start here, Psalms provide the GPS for us spiritually, of where each day should begin and where each day should go. Uh, start here, Psalms are step one of what leads to the truly blessed life of God. Here's why uh, myself and the elders are bringing these Psalms to you right now. We are excited for this. In the midst of confusion, there's so much of that in our day, and there's so much of that in this room right now. There's a lot of people and frantic and, and just kind of dazed and confused. In the midst of confusion, these Psalms will bring clarity, starting today, very excited about that. In the midst of chaos, our world's quite chaotic, isn't it? And we do it to ourselves too. But in the midst of chaos, asking the Lord to bring conviction. Now, why is conviction such a big deal? Well, conviction is when the Holy Spirit comes up and he says to us by his truth, and he convicts us, that's what he does through the word. He says, no, 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 don't don't go over there. That's a terrible idea. If you go there, you'll be hurt. If you go there, it's just gonna... It's just going to end up in trouble. If you go there, you're going to sin and suffer. Don't go there. No, no, go this way. This is the path of blessing that's specifically happening today as well. Listen, in the midst of anxiety, stress, worry, fear, lots of that. Lots of that here. In the midst of anxiety, these start here Psalms will bring peace because they'll bring the clarity and they'll bring the conviction which brings the peace of God which we so long for and need. Of course, the peace of God is the blessing of God. You and I know if you're like me, and I know many of you are, and this is the way our world works too, so often we're rushing around so frantically that we're looking for step eight, you know. I want step eight of ten or eight, nine, and ten. God, God, give me step eight now. I want step eight. Come on, come on, let me see, let me see. And the Holy Spirit says, oh, I need you to go back to step one. Because step one is where the foundation is. Step one is where you will find the path. Because you're not even on the right path right now. You're on step right way over here. He's like, I need you right here. So come on over, child. Let's start again. And let's remember who we are in Christ. Let's remember our identity in him. And let's see the beginning of blessing to flow down through our lives. So we're not running around like a chicken with our heads cut off. 
because this is what our world does so often as well. This is why I'm expectant for this series, okay? To start here, Psalms, they're going to be a compass for our souls. I love it. You know, you have the Bible and you open up the Bible. The Bible says it's a, it's a compass. And often we close the Bible when we're running around, don't know where to go, and bumping into things and all stuff. Open the Bible, all of a sudden we say, oh, that's north. And God's like, yeah, let me show you the way that you should go. It's going to be a map for our hearts. The Bible's a map for our hearts, which again is so encouraging and exciting. Here's what I know, okay? School started this week. Sorry about that, students. All right, all right. Parents are like, woo, woo, right, right? But school started this week, but already what happens, the activities ramp up, the schedules often at this time, it's kind of at full go. We're running around trying to manage all the things, and already the hamster wheel's in place, and we're running around, and we're so, again, frazzled and frantic, and already we are suffering under the weapons of mass distraction. Daniel Henderson coined that phrase. It's really good. I love it. I love it, okay? And already we're running around, what's going on? What's going on? All kind of stuff. And it's when Holy Spirit's going to go, ooh, before we start launching into September, let's just take time out, slow down, take a deep spiritual breath, and again, let's remember what is most important. Start here, the Holy Spirit says. Let me give you the overview of where we're going to be, Lord willing, the next three weeks, okay? So start here, Psalms. I love this graphic. It just makes me feel good, all right? First week, start here to be blessed. That's today, Psalm 1. Where else do you start with start here, Psalms? The first one. We're going to go Psalm 1, okay? Start here to be satisfied, Lord willing, next weekend, Psalm 16. In your presence is fullness of joy. Bring it, Lord. Bring it, please. Your presence is, is, is all we need. And just to know your presence and to feel the joy of that. And then uh, third week, start here to be blameless. There's a whole Psalm 26 on integrity and what it means. So foundational, foundational truths and virtues for our lives as we seek to go forward. Quite excited about that. So today we commence with start here to be blessed. That's our sermon title. And then how fitting, of course, to begin with start here with, again, Psalm 1. So Bible's open to Psalm 1. Let me read it for you. And then we will dig in together. I'm quite excited. Oh, Lord, speak to us, would you? Every person, every man, every woman, every child here right now. Blessed is the man, verse 1 says. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. This is a psalm of contrast, you know. So you look at verse 2 now. Here comes the contrast. But, and you're in the word, you circle that, and you can just identify that as contrast. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Notice, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season. Its leaf does not wither, and all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so. So here's the contrast again. But the wicked, they're not like this. They are like chaff, um, useless, worthless, uh, rootless. The chaff, as opposed to the wheat and the grain, it's driven away by the wind, notice verse 4 says. Therefore, because of this, the wicked will not stand, meaning they won't last in the judgment of God. They will fall. Uh, sinners won't stand in the congregation of the righteous. Why? For the Lord knows. The Lord knows the way. The Lord knows so intimately. He knows your way. He knows the way of the righteous. He knows the way of those who follow in his son. The Lord knows the way of those who seek to be blessed by him, but the way of the wicked, uh, they will perish. You know, very early on, someone has been understood to be an introduction to the entire Psalter. 
And the Psalter, of course, is the book of Psalms. That kind of makes sense, doesn't it? This is the kind of the launching pad into every other psalm. It's the psalm, notice this, that provides the blueprint for the life of divine blessing, okay? And that's the part we like. Yes, I want to be divinely blessed, but it also provides the blueprint of the life that experiences permanent misery. So in some ways, a very simple psalm. You have two choices, a life of blessing, a life of misery, a life of the joy that's found in the Lord, a life that is ultimately cursed as chaff in the wind and full of wickedness and evil. So no wonder Psalm 1 is called a wisdom psalm because it presents the choice of those who truly want to be wise and choose the path of life. Here's what I love. Some of you are here right now and you're searching. You are searching. Who are you? I'm not sure. God knows. You're asking questions. You're genuinely asking for questions in life and you're not fulfilled. You are not satisfied. You are wondering, what am I doing here on this earth? I'm telling you, you're here right now. You're asking, the Lord's answering. The Lord is answering today through Psalm 1. I mean, I I just implore you, as best you can, get a Bible open, look at it. And if you're going to be here, you might as well listen. Amen? (laughs) And you might as well say, God, if you're real, speak to me. Speak, And I believe he does. And he will. He's changing lives across this earth every single day in the thousands and hundreds of thousands. We pray some of you are here today in the same purpose. You know what God says to all of us, and especially to the person searching right now, he says, you want to be blessed? You want to truly be blessed? He's like, start here. Start where? Start here. Psalm 1. Psalm 1, verse 1. This takes us to our first point, okay? Our first point is this. Here's the path of the blessed. The path of the blessed, integrity, purity, fidelity. The path of the blessed. Verse 1 again. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Now, first notice the all-important first word of verse 1. It's the word blessed. That's the Hebrew word asher, as in one of Jacob's sons. Now, this Hebrew word means to be supremely happy or supremely filled. So right away, the first word, God is saying this, supremely happy is the man, supremely fulfilled is the man. This word blessed is also used in the plural. Now why is that important? Because it means there's a multiplication of blessing. There's an intensification of blessing. So blessed blessed is the man, and what that's saying is, The man or woman who walks along the path of God, they are walking on the path of blessing, but unbeknownst to them, as they continue to trust in God by faith, a blessing will give birth to blessing. There'll be a multiplication of blessings all through their lives. And if you're anything what I've experienced in the Lord, you get saved, you start walking with the Lord Jesus Christ. Life in Christ was way easier uh, it was easier before Christ, but it's so much better now in Christ. But you're walking along and following Jesus Christ, and you sense the blessing upon your life. It's hard. It's difficult. There's things going on, but you sense the blessing, the joy, the eternal realities. But then you were not prepared for the blessings that will produce themselves in so many different ways, almost unspeakably uh, in your life, as you sense God working in your life, and again the fruit of His Spirit, and you say, I did not know this was possible. I did not know life could be lived this way, and whether people see it or not, you sense it, you know it, you feel it, you experience it. This is the blessing that the Lord brings in multiplication, in intensification. It's what he does. It's who he is. So think about this. 
from the very first word of the first psalm, the urgency for the opportunity is already presented. Multiple, intense, supreme blessing about to be unveiled for the person who wants to receive it by grace through faith. Now, loved ones, look here for a second. Look here, okay? Already what we're about to hear right now in this first word of this first psalm, okay? Please understand, you can't get this anywhere else. Like there's nowhere else in life you can get this type of blessing. You're not getting it from your smartphone. Hate to break it to you, okay? Can't do it for you. You're not getting it from some human relationship. It's not gonna happen. Some of you are like, what are we talking about, man? My boyfriend, he's the best. No, 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 he's not as good as Jesus Christ, all right? You will not find this blessing in some food. Some of you are really disappointed in that too right now, right? You're like, what are you talking about? You won't find this blessing in some self-help book or some part of the secular. You cannot find it anywhere else because there's one God, one beautiful, majestic God, three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. All of life's true, lasting, eternal blessing is found in him. This is a moment of wisdom right off the bat. This is what God is doing. He's like path A, path B, path of life, path of death. You gotta choose. Which do you want, right? Notice in verse one, blessed is the man. Spurgeon points out this, I love this. He says, it's not blessed is the king or blessed is the scholar or blessed are the rich or blessed are the super attractive or blessed are the super athletic or blessed are the celebrities. It's not saying that, is it? This is the beauty of the kingdom of God. Some of you are here right now and you're like, no, I can't have God's blessing, man. I don't match up. Yeah, me neither. This is the wonder of the gospel. This is the grace he provides. Some of you are like, oh, that, that can't be me. I'm just not worthy of it. I know. Talk about it. It's so true, isn't it? I'm not either. This is, this is more often not the exact person he works within. The person who understands they're broken, they're frail, they cannot do this. This is the person who knows they need him. You are the exact model an exact candidate to see God do something wondrous in your life because the blessing of the Lord often, if not always, is found among the poor, the downcast, the rejected, the forgotten. This is the grace of God. Now, let's notice where the path of blessing begins in Psalm 1. It actually begins in the negative, right? Meaning, if you want to be blessed, don't do this, this, and this. Don't be this, this, and this, okay? Look at verse 1 again, all right? Blessed is the man, notice, who walks not, who nor stands, nor sits, who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Now, notice in verse 1 here, loved ones, can you notice this? By the way, it's so good to be with you again. Love you so much. This is so fun. Yay, I'm so thankful, okay? Verse one, notice this, okay? Notice the progression of evil that seemingly, it's not exact as scholars look at, but there's certainly an indication that the evil is increasing in verse one, right? There's a walking, right, in the counsel of the wicked, standing in the way of sinners, and sitting in the seat of scoffers, right? So let's just break that down for a second because we're learning something here. Remember, if you want to be blessed, don't do this. Okay, notice, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, okay? So think of walking. You're walking along because all of culture is going this way right now. Has there ever been a time in our nation where culture has been so strong to counsel you away from Christ? Has there ever been a more anti-Christ flavor in our day? And the pressure, the peer pressure, the cultural pressure, the political pressure to join the march? And if you don't, you are ostracized more and more now, set aside, persecute, how unfathomable to think opposite to where the world is going. They're walking in the counsel of the wicked and the pressure, now, hey, how come you're not walking in with me? 
How come you're not there? You're what you believe, what you do, what, what, what? And the pressure to walk in the counsel of the wicked. It's everywhere, every day. I feel it too, right? And so do you. Let me ask, is, is that you right now? Are you being sucked in to walking in the counsel? And you know, like the Spirit of God's like, do it, man. That's not right. Doesn't mean you're angry. Doesn't mean that you resort to some kind of, you know, um, impulsive reaction. But just in your heart and spirit, you know, I, I should not be walking in this way. Is it you right now and you're walking in the counsel of the, of the wicked? What is required here? Integrity. Integrity here says, even when the whole world is walking against me, in the Lord Jesus Christ, I am called to walk against the grain, to go against the flow, to swim upstream. Now, this takes a lot of courage, doesn't it? But this is what we're called to do. Here's, a, here's an image that's always been such a blessing to me. And this is one that kind of describes this. Okay, this is, this is who we're called to be right here. Notice, notice all the fish. Notice they're all looking back at him. See that? They're all walking like, wait, you're not coming? What's wrong with you? Oh, you're one of those, are you? Oh, are you sure? Uh, and everyone else is going. The courage it takes to be this fish. The courage it takes to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and to walk or swim in the opposite direction where everyone, you're bumping into all sorts of people as they slam shoulders by you, ridiculing you for believing in light, believing in Christ, believing in love, believing in truth, believing in heaven, believing in hell, believing in eternity. See the Bible says here, blessed is the man who walks not. Hear, hear me, hear me, hear me. Hear the Lord today. You won't be blessed as you do walk in the counsel of the wicked. That's the easy path, man. That's the wide and that's the one that leads to destruction, and most of the world is in it. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, and notice this too, now the progression, uh, nor stands in the way of sinners, okay? So it's one thing to walk in the counsel of the wicked, but now all of a sudden you're sitting down. Now all of a sudden you're sitting in the way of sinners. So now you're kind of, you've bought in. Now this has become part of your life, or is your life now sinful activity. You've become impure. Let me ask you, is that you right now? Is that you? And some of you are like, man, are you reading my mail? No, but the Holy Spirit is. And he's isolated you right now because he loves you so much. And he's like, where you are is not good. And if you stay there, that is a guarantee of forfeiting blessing, not to mention the path to destruction. What's the response? Purity. Purity. There's integrity and purity. Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. See what happens here? The purity of devotion to the Lord, that's how we see God. We stand in the way of sinners. We don't see God very much at all. We are rejecting his grace, his blessing, his love upon our lives. And we see the third category here and sits in the seat of scoffers. So walking, right? Standing, but now you're firmly placed. You are sitting in the. So not only are you joining evil, now this is the person who is promoting evil. Now they find themselves in a place they are jumping on the bandwagon of evil and trying to get others to sin with them. Question Is that you? Is that you here today? I mean, hear the Lord, hear the Lord. It's impossible for this path to be blessed of the Lord. Now, what an important moment this is as school begins this week. What a, what a word for our students, for us all. But students, you know, I'll just share with you some things I'm telling my kids on a, a frequent basis now. And I just want to share with you two from my heart and bless you where you are and the world that we live in. I tell my kids, listen, if you're going to follow Christ genuinely, okay, child, son, daughter, you have to understand if you're going to follow Christ, okay, 
this is not a calling to be liked by all. It's a calling to be loved by God. If you believe that your identity is in being accepted by peers and being popular, if you believe that your status on earth, if all you can see, daughter, son, is I just want to be liked where I am, then you are looking for something that the Lord Jesus Christ has never promised you. Again, in this world as followers of Christ, we're not trying to have people dislike us. We're not trying to create problems. We're trying to be those who love. But the very source of truth, of salt and light from our lives will often cause people to dislike us. Because what did Jesus actually promise would happen? He promises we would not be popular among most. He promises we'll be hated. He promises we'll be persecuted. He promises us difficulty. He promises people will absolutely, he says, if they hated me, they're going to hate you too, right? So turn to my children and say, is it possible, this takes strength and courage, it takes strength and courage, but it's possible in the Lord. Is it possible that by faith, you can walk through life saying, I'm not trying to be disliked, but if I am because of my faith in Jesus Christ, I know I'm loved. And when I know I'm loved by the God of the universe, then that becomes the very thing I need because the moment Jesus Christ returns, all of a sudden who's popular doesn't matter, does it? The moment Jesus Christ returns, all of a sudden if I was accepted in the way I wanted to be, does that matter? No, it's like chaff in the wind. And all of a sudden, all that matters is who I am before the Lord Jesus Christ and my identity in him and the love that I've given to him with this life that I've been entrusted with. That is a perspective of faith, eternity, and courage. And this is what I implore my own children and I implore to our students and to all of us here today. Can you be strong in the Lord by his grace to blaze a trail upstream against the flow, against the grain and believe that if God is for me, then who ultimately can stand against me? This is the path of the blessed. It's tough, isn't it? But this is what we're called to do. It's also very exciting. What are we talking about right here? We're talking about fidelity. And what is fidelity to the Lord? Devotion. What's the greatest commandment? Love God, all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's the greatest commandment for a reason. It's what God blesses most. The greatest thing God blesses is an all-out love for Him. Whether or not they're accepted by others, He blesses a love for Him. So you're like, this path to blessing, well, well where do I start then? You start in verse 2. Look at verse 2. Notice, but, okay, so contrasting to all the evil in verse 1, but now the blessed man or woman, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. So notice this, okay? Notice this. This is such music to my ears. More importantly, music to the ears of the Holy Spirit, okay? The delight is in the law of the Lord. Remember, remember, the first indication of what happens when someone is blessed is they avoid evil, but now the first positive is a delight in the word of God, the law of the Lord, the instruction of God. Think about it. How do we know where to go to be blessed? How do we know what dangers to avoid, what devastation to move away from? How do we discern between good and evil? How do you shine light on your path in a dark world? The answer is his word. His word is the path to being loved by God. So I love this. Think about what we're doing right now, okay? God's word is opened, and right now, his light is shining upon our minds. Right now, our minds are being renewed. Right now, already, we're confronted with, what path am I on? 
Am I in the path of blessing or am I in the path of darkness? Right now, light is shining and showing us by the Holy Spirit. He's like, don't go that way. Go this way, right? This is the power of the light of God's word. But when God's word is open, well, what happens when we close the book? This happens. Oh. And then we open God's word. What happens? Hey, that was neat, right? But you're going through life and then all of a sudden you close God's book in your life. Oh, but then you open God's word again, all of a sudden you can see where you're going. That was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> I love it, though, because it's true. What does the Bible say? Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Don't you see, loved ones? Why is Pastor Robbie so excited about the word? Why is he trying to get us in the world? Because it's your lifeline and it's your flashlight. If you don't want to walk in darkness, you have to have the book open. Why? Why? Not so we worship the book. It's how we worship the Savior revealed in the book. It's how we know the Lord. You know, I love biographies so much, especially Christian biographies, obviously, because they reinforce to me the principles we're learning here. George Mueller was one of, I suggest to you, one of the most fruitful men in the past several hundred years. He was a man so profoundly used in orphanages with faith, thousands of kids, and with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ going forward. Do you know what Mueller found out early in his life? He found out too, he neglected God's word in the beginning of his life. Then all of a sudden, he came to grips with the understanding of how powerful and beautiful this book is. In fact, let me just, I want to make sure I get it right because I have a little quote here I want to read you about, about, about Mueller. It says this, it says, after he found a relish for the scriptures, he couldn't understand how he ever treated God's book with such neglect. See, some of us are here right now, and honestly, the book's not being open. Don't you see? That is, that is, that is going to kill you, right? He says this, it seemed obvious that God having condescended to become an author, that's such a good point too, eh? Hey, did you know this? God wrote a book. I think you should read it. Fair? God wrote one book. That's pretty cool. We should read it. And he says, inspiring holy men to write the scriptures, that in these scriptures, God would impart the most vital truths of life. That's fair. Oh, but I, I want to watch TV eight hours a day, right? What does that make us? Dumb. <laughs> right? Fair? Fair? I think it's very fair. God wrote a book. In it are the most vital truths of life. In it is where we get to know him and love him. I think it's a good idea to read it. During the last 20 years of of Mueller's life, he read the Bible through four or five times a year, annually growing with a sense of increase and in the knowledge of God. Okay, so watch this. In Mueller's life, one of the most fruitful men in the last several hundred years, undeniably proving the principles right here. He's like this. He's like, you want to love God? I want to love God. How do you love God? You got to know God. Can't love God if you don't know God. How do you know God? Word of God. Single greatest way to know God is his word. See, that's why we love the book. Because the book lets us know God, which lets us love God. This was Mueller's life. So he was almost ashamed at how he remained in spiritual infancy for so long as he neglected the greatest tangible treasure that God has given us with his word. And then he was just so inspired and infused with love for God in the scriptures that it even said this in his 92nd year, for every page of any other reading, he was sure to read 10 pages of the Bible. Wow. And then he says this, and, or said about him, he says, blessed are they who have thus learned to use the key, the Bible, 
which gives free access not only to the king's treasuries, but to the king himself. Isn't that so true, eh? This is the key that gives us free access, not just to the treasure of the king, but to the king himself. Put that key in the slot, turn and open, and, and, and watch the path of blessing fill your life. The path of blessing, integrity, fidelity, purity. Point number two, the fruit now of the blessed, the fruit of the blessed is this, vitality, consistency, prosperity, okay? So I'm walking on the path of blessing, delighting in the law of the Lord. Now, of course, you begin to experience the fruit of this blessing. Look at verse three. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. I love this verse so much. Do you love this verse? I hope it's underlined, circled, highlighted something. Its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. That's amazing. And all that he does. Notice, um, like a tree. Love the metaphor, love the imagery, love the simile. Like a tree planted by streams of water. What is that? Vitality. Vitality. What's the most important part of the tree? Roots. Why? The roots feed the tree. The roots go down, draw up, drop the nourishment. And as the tree feeds on the source of water and life, it goes through, it strengthens the tree and bears the fruit. No feeding, no fruitfulness. What is this a picture of? John 15, abiding in Christ. Apart from me, you can do nothing. See what happens here? You delight in the law of the Lord. You meditate on it because there you find the nourishment of abiding in word and prayer. And all of a sudden you are drinking the living water that produces fruit through your life. Again, look at verse 3. That yields its fruit in season. Okay? Now, very important spiritual principle right here for the mature only or those who want to be mature. Here it is. Ready? We often want the fruit of God. God, give me fruit. I want your fruit. I want blessing in my life, God, right now. Come on. Let me get the genie ball. I'm going to rub it. Come on, right now. Vending machine, God. I got a couple of tokens I put in, a couple of dollar bills, whatever it is. I want some, uh, I want, I want some fruit. Now give me some fruit. Come on, God. Give me, give me, give me. Wait, 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 wait. You're missing the point. You're missing the point. Notice in the theme and the truth of Psalm 1, his delight is in the law of the Lord. He meditates. He is like a tree at that point, and then the fruit comes. See what happens here? We want the fruit. We often don't want the delight. See, we don't delight in the Lord, really. We just want God to give us what we want. What is that? That's not biblical Christianity. That's selfish, individualistic, consumer behavior. That's how we treat church often, too, as well, right? Just give me what I want. Let me give my stuff, my fruit, and my time. Wait, wait, wait. Isn't church designed for the worship of God? Yes. So we want the fruit. We often don't want the delight. Here's the other principle that's so powerful, right? You got to understand this. Oh, Lord, help us. Help us believe this right now. The greatest fruit we could ever experience in the Lord is the delight of him. Delighting in the Lord gives to us and provides for us the greatest joy you will ever know. In your presence is the fullness of joy. This past summer with an extended break, I had time, so many mornings had time to watch the sunrise. I'm telling you, man, morning after morning, I sat there, and I was in the Psalms most of the summer, which is where this series came from. And I sat there before the Lord in quiet for minutes, and then 30 minutes, and then hours. And I'm telling you, when you start to hear the voice of God, when you start to see the beauty of God, when you're watching the sunrise, 
when you are listening and communicating with the holy God of the universe, when you are in that place and you are sensing his majestic glory and you are decreasing in the moment and the Lord is increasing, you are all of a sudden filled with a sense of fulfillment and joy and happiness and peace and love. Again, again, that you, that you know. And I almost wanted to yell this out for anyone who could hear in this moment to say, the world can't touch this. The world has no idea what it's like to be here right now encountering intimacy and experiencing the living God of the universe who loves me. Boom! And this is what happens when you are with the Lord and in that moment you want nothing else. You don't want the next toy. You don't want the next paycheck. You don't need any other human being because you have Lord, it is the most glorious place I can ever imagine to be. And this is why I get so excited. Because when you've tasted and seen the Lord is good, what are you going to turn to? The dirt of the world? How can you? When you know he's the only one who satisfies. Everything else is meh. Example, last weekend was the kickoff weekend for college football. I'm a football fan, right? I was pretty excited. The boys and I watch it. We're excited. Watching the football, it comes on. You're kind of fired up about it. And all of a sudden, it goes along, and you know, an hour or two pass, and all of a sudden, you're just like, mm, this is kind of boring. Or you're, you're, you're disappointed because your expectations are not fulfilled. And you're sitting there, and you're, and you're realizing this, this just, in the, and it, it will not satisfy. Leaf fans, sorry to break it to you, but you're the same, all right? All right? <laughs> At the end of the day, it won't work. It always lets us down. Jesus Christ will never ever let us down. It's the power of saying these things aren't bad. Just put them where they belong, right? Temporary, okay, you know, just don't put too much stock in it. Don't start worshiping it. That's ridiculous, right? And then put it aside and then let your true affection be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what begins to be so exciting. It yields its fruit in season. And notice what comes next. Its leaf does not wither. This is, this, is, this is consistency. I'm planted by streams of water. My leaves don't wither. Our economy rises and falls. Our health, it strengthens and weakens. Our, our weather, as we know, is so uncertain. And you know what? All these things, economy, health, future, unpredictable events... They drive our fear up and down, right? There's so much anxiety that comes with that. We rise and fall. We're frustration. We're uh, unstable in our emotions. But there are those who do find consistency. Notice, its leaf does not wither. It says, in all that he does, he prospers. Well, like, what a promise that is. Isn't that so great? You know, some of us right here, we're like, in all that he does, he prospers. We're like, prosperity, sign me up for that. Wait, 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 time out, time out, time out. Often your definition or my definition of prosperity may not be the Bible's definition of prosperity too, right? Think about this. In all that he does, he prospers. Let's actually deal with the area that maybe we're not thinking of right now. How about when life gets the worst, most difficult, most hard, most filled with trial, most extreme? Even in that moment, all that he or she does, he or she prospers. Think of Stephen in, in the book of Acts. Incredible man of faith, filled with the Holy Spirit, used of the Lord. He is being stoned to death for his faith in Jesus Christ. 
Rocks are crushing his skull, literally pummeling his body, breaking his bones on his way to death. And I argue that in this moment of being murdered for his faith in Christ, as he looks up into the heavens and he sees Jesus sitting at the right hand of God and his face is shining like an angel, in the moment of his death being murdered by those who hate him because he loves Jesus Christ, the fruit of his life has never been more evident or more beautiful than in the moment when he's about to die. I suggest to you right there, that is Psalm 1 verse 3, in all that he does, even being stoned to death, he prospers. Unbelievably fantastic. That's what the Holy Spirit does. One of our staff members, Ryan Robertson, director of finances, put a picture on the screen for you here. This past summer, he was diagnosed with lymphoma, Hodgkin's, cancer, very serious. Some of you know, some of you don't know. Pray for him. Ryan's been such a blessing to this church, his wife Erin, his kids. Pray for them. It's a serious situation caring for him and loving him. I've been amazed. I've, been, I've, I've admired Ryan for many years. He's a good friend. I just love him. This is the hardest trial of his life right now. He's undergoing chemotherapy right now. Just had another dose of this this past week. He was at church last night. Bless his heart. He looks, does not look like that picture right there. He finds himself in the greatest difficulty. I'm talking to him. I'm watching him as he fights for faith in the Lord as he seeks to depend on him, as he places his hand and his life in the hands of the Lord God Almighty. I'm telling you, means like, you talk about prosperity and all the things we think of, of more money and better health and blah, blah, blah. Get all, just get out of that. Just get it all out of the way. Hey, here's prosperity. Even in the midst of cancer, even with a diagnosis of lymphoma, I'm watching this man, by the grace of God, in all that he does, including cancer, he prospers. He's prospering by the grace of God. That's what the world can't figure out. That's what the world has no category for. This is what the Lord does. This is the fruit of those who are truly blessed in all that he does, he prospers. So hear me, this doesn't mean that your life is free of trouble because you're Fruit is seen and your leaf does not wither and all that you do is prosper. It doesn't mean there won't be difficulty or trial. No, 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 no. We interpret scripture with scripture. We know scripture tells us that life will be hard. It's in the midst of the difficulty. This, this is where we prove who we really are. And this is when God proves who he really is. The path of the blessed, the fruit of the blessed, and then number three, we see this. The wicked will not be blessed. The wicked will not be blessed because they are frail, fragile, and their path is futile. Again, look at verse 4. Verse 4 says this. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff that the wind drives away. The simile here is chaff. You know what chaff is? Chaff is the part of wheat or grain that is useless, refuse. It just is worthless, rootless. It's just blown away uh, by the wind. Here's a picture of what they do with the chaff, okay? So here's a Great illustration, the grain or the wheat that is here and gathered, they throw it up into the wind, and the grain's heavier, so it falls down to the ground. But the chaff is lighter and useless. It is blown away, driven away by the wind. It becomes into nothing. Chaff. Nothing. So the Bible's telling us right here, this is the plight of the wicked. They are like chaff. They are... 
nothing. All the pursuits of the wicked. Think about it in our day. What our world says, here's where life is lived. This is the meaning. This is what we live for. The godlessness, the wickedness, the sexual immorality, the lust of the flesh, the accumulation of possessions, the greed, all the money, the unbelief, the attacks on Christ, the atheistic higher education, all the self-help secular books, the obsession with physical appearance, all the materialism, the worshiping of celebrities, the adultery, the fornication, the pornography, the debauchery, all the pompous pride, all the posturing of power of leaders and government leaders and dictators across this world thinking they're so special and so powerful. The Bible says all of this is wickedness and it's all chaff blowing into the wind soon to become absolutely nothing. For that is what it is. The Bible is presenting to us today a life of blessing, a life that will be perishing as chaff in the wind. Hey, did you hear that? Like, hear what? Did you hear that? Listen. Oh, the phone's ringing. Guess who it is? It's wisdom, and it's for you, all right? And for me. See what's happening right now? Why is wisdom calling? Because wisdom says, oh, this is a very important moment. This is a very important moment. Wisdom says, do you see what God is saying? Do you see what the Holy Spirit is saying? There's two choices in life. You can be blessed or cursed. You can live or die. You can see a path of blessing or a path of futility. You can have purity or defilement. You can see fruitfulness or no fruit at all. Which one do you want? It's amazing to me. Wisdom's like, time out, time out. Here we go. Here we go. Let's choose. Life or death. Hmm, which one should I choose? Hmm, it's tough. Shouldn't be tough. It proves how dumb we really are most of the time, doesn't it? Hey, hey, if you're like me, how often do you choose the path that is just simply so dumb? The path of futility. Hey, many of us here right now, we're really dumb. No offense, okay? Like, I'm with you, okay? I'm with you, okay? But listen, we, we, we are walking in the counsel of the wicked. We are standing in the way of sinners. We are sitting in the seat of scoffers. We're dumb. Because that will not work out. You're like, yeah, but it feels good for now. Won't feel good for very long. Yeah, but everyone's doing it. Dumb. We already went through that, okay? Following Christ is not what everyone else is doing. Following Christ is believing he's the best. He is awesome. He is light. He is the one that I live for. Notice the first word in Psalm 1. See the first word? Blessed. See the last word? What is it? Perish. Hmm. Two choices. Two directions. Two options. See what wisdom says? Why would you ever choose to perish? That's a hard heart. Why would you ever choose futility? That's a sad heart. Choose life. Choose blessing. Choose love. Notice, notice verse 5. The wicked will not stand in judgment. They will not last. They will be judged. Uh, they will not dwell in the congregation of the righteous. And verse 6, because the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked, he doesn't. I love that. The Lord knows the way. The Lord knows the way, the way, the way, the way of the righteous. How does the Lord know the way of the righteous? Because the Son of God is the way, the truth, and the life. So if you walk in the way of his Son, you're walking in the way the Lord knows. He's like, I know that way. I know that child. Oh, yeah. That, that daughter, she's mine. That son right there belongs to me, God. So I know, he knows your way. It's a hard way, it's a narrow way, it's the blessed way. It's 
the life way. And this is what God's saying to us today. He says, start here. Two people I speak to today, two people the Lord speaks to today. First person, God says, start here for salvation. Some of you are not in relationship with Jesus Christ. You've never given your life to Christ. You've not turned from sin. You've not placed your faith in Jesus Christ. He died on the cross, shed his blood for your sins. Today, you start here for salvation. God's like, you want blessing? I'll show you a blessing. I'll show you eternal life. How's that for blessing? I'll show you forgiveness of any and all sin forever. I'll declare you innocent in my sight because you have received my son. How's that for blessing? Second person you talk to is the believer here today. And God's like, start here for sanctification. No more distractions. Sins entangled you for too long. No more playing church. No more fiddling around with all these things that are taking away from a true love for Christ. He's like, start here today for sanctification. And the last thing I want to say to you is, I want to give you some homework, okay? You're like, homework? Well, the kids are taking homework home this week, so why not us, right? Why not us, okay? But it's the best homework ever, ready? Here's your homework, okay? I thought about doing it every day, but it's going to be a little bit easier. shouldn't be, but it's going to be a little easier. Three days this week. Three days. This should be easy. 20 minutes. Three days. Take 20 minutes each of those days and meditate on someone. Just someone. I've given you a massive head start today. Get a piece of paper. Get your journal open. Get a pen. Meditate for 20 minutes. Say, Lord, would you open my eyes to behold the wondrous things of your law? Here's what I know. I know the stats. There's a whole chunk of us in here. We're not in God's word daily. We are forfeiting blessing. This isn't about God liking you more. It's about delighting in the law of God, to delight in God, to meditate in his word, to be a tree planted by water, that your leave will not wither, that in all you do you will prosper. It's fruit. It's life. It's glory to God. So, do you believe what God is saying today in Psalm 1? Do you believe it? Do you believe it? If you believe it, listen, listen, prove it. Not just a hearer of the word, a doer. I'm saying, if you believe that all blessing starts from delighting in the law of the Lord, I suggest you probably want to pick up the book and begin to delight in it. Because that's when blessing flows. The person here today that doesn't believe, they're the hearer, they're like, oh, okay, it's fine. And they close the book and they leave it on the shelf and they walk out of the church and then until they may come back next week and they're like, oh yeah, what's this again? And then they, oh, that's not going to work. Hear me, hear me. We're not earning points with God. This is not so God will like us more. It's because he wants to love us so much and he wants us to know his love. That's why. You want to love God? Got to know God. Want to know God? Word of God. Tree planted by water. Bear the fruit through our lives and watch the transformation begin. Loved ones, start here to be blessed. Amen? Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this wonderful... I love this church. I, I love your people. I love you. And I pray we would love you more and more. I'm just... I'm so thankful for these moments. I just believe there's clarity. And now I pray, Lord, in the clarity we would have conviction. And in the conviction, Lord, we would just have peace. And say, it's right. It's right. I have one life. Help me make it count, Lord, by your grace. Maybe you're here right now, and your, your, your prayer is, God, would you give me a hunger for you? A hunger for your word, where you will feed yourself on that which you hunger for. The reason you will leave this place and have food is because you hunger for food. The reason you leave this place and love the Lord is because you hunger for the Lord. So I pray now, even as we respond in the song, think of living water, 
We think of the fountain that is only found in Jesus Christ. The world is so parched, always comes up empty. But you, Lord, you never come up empty. So help us to rejoice in you now and take this song and use it as an application to the beautiful first psalm. Oh, may it be so. Together, Father, we love you. In the name of your son, Jesus, amen.